Welcome everyone to the Take Control of Your Health podcast. This is Dr. Mercola bringing you the latest cutting edge interviews to help you achieve optimal health. You can receive more information by subscribing to my free daily newsletter at mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening. So let's get started with this week's latest program to help you and your family take control of your health. Welcome everyone, Dr. Mercola, helping you take control of your health. And today we're joined by Del Bigtree, who has been a strong advocate in the education for helping people understand the truth about vaccines. So, and many, many other things. He was a great leader in the COVID nonsense and helped provide some clarity in this and really one of the leaders in this. So welcome and thank you for joining us today. Joe, it's always a pleasure and an honor to get to, you know, uh, speak with you. Uh, you've just been a real thought leader in so many ways. And I, I always, I say this every time we get to talk, you know, I started on the CBS talk show, The Doctors, and, you know, there were seven producers on that show, and we'd always be fighting for the, the best breaking health news story because there weren't that many. But my secret weapon was uh, Dr. Mercola, uh, Mercola.com. I mean, I knew that none of the other like pharma driven, you know, college yeah. students I was working with really uh, knew the stories that you were covering. And so it was sort of my secret weapon. So, well, yeah, thanks. Great. Yeah, that yeah. was... Uh... You know, a lot of people started to understand that, but it's just a matter of, you know, I was an insider, still am an insider, you know, mm -hmm. I went to medical school, <laughs> I had the inside scoop and so many that go are, are optimally or properly motivated. But then when they get in, they get into debt and they get propagandized and brainwashed and they almost all of them universally turn around 180 degrees. And it's a really sad commentary. It's, it's a reflection of, some really clever and sophisticated engineering done by the Rockefellers and, and Carnegie over a hundred years ago that really just transformed the whole medical education system, which is astonishing, but it's, it's in for a reformation. Reformation is coming. I can assure you guys it is coming. <laughs> I, mean, I can tell that with a high degree of confidence. So I'm really excited that it is coming because we got a lot of desperate misinformation out the true misinformation that's this misleading people and, and uh, helping them not helping them just di directing them away from the truth and, and confusing them and giving them the true misinformation that are essentially lies directed to inflate corporate greed and, and benefit the, the these these industries but anyway that's yeah, a well, I mean, I, you know, no, I don't think it is. I think it's actually really important because it is the death of what was once really a noble profession. And you're right. So many people, uh, you know, I think go, I know that they go into university. I have friends that went to oh, become doctors. Yes. They want to help people. They sincerely they, do. You know, no they question. come out the other end and they end up being the ones spreading the misinformation and they hold such a powerful position in people's lives. They've been trained to, I mean, it's almost, you know, I, I consider it's almost like a clergy of, of, a, of a religion now, you know, the medical establishment. And, you know, one of the things that I wonder if you see it similarly, I asked Suzanne Humphreys, who wrote Dissolving oh, Illusions. I just interviewed her. Yeah, for yeah. a new book. I, I wrote the forward for a new book. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, great, yeah. great doctor. And I, I asked her once, you know, what is it about medical school that, you know, brainwashes people so that they just lose all critical thinking? And she said, actually, on the contrary, I think it's something different. She says, I think the education system is designed to weed out people who are critical thinkers. If you're challenging 
the, you know, the establishment or your challenge, like asking questions instead of just cutting and pasting what's in the textbook and putting it in your tests. You have a really rough time getting through medical school. You're supposed to just do what you're told, you know, repeat what, you know, was already written. Don't think for yourself. And she says, so I think really it just sort of creates an army of people that tend to just, you know, carry the authoritarian message, uh, which, you know, I don't know. I don't know how you see that. I think that's changed a lot, too. Right. I mean, medicine's changed. It used to be, you know, the patient knew, you know, the patient knows best. They know their own body. Listen to the patient. Now it's forget the patient. Don't listen to the patient. You know, just ask whatever the symptoms are, you know, go to the CDC or whatever FDA and whatever the hot new drug is, that's what you give them. And we're all moving on. I mean, I think that doctors are turning into a kiosk, basically. Essentially. Uh, yeah. They're, and, and they're slaves. Uh, most of them are slaves, the majority, because they have this enormous amount of debt. They don't, many of them don't come from wealthy families. Some of them do, of course, yeah. but those that don't, I mean, they have this uh, half a million dollars in debt is not uncommon. And then that doesn't, that's just their right. educational debt. That includes uh, previous debt. I mean, medical school education and their home debt. So, I mean, they literally, if they, if they fail to earn an income, they're on the street, essentially. Right. So yeah. they, they have very little authority, autonomy, essentially, not authority, autonomy to implement, even if they were fully educated, non-brainwashed, to make those choices because there's so much pressure just to survive. Yeah. So in many ways, you know, there's this victim of circumstances, that very cleverly engineered system designed to, to do this with, yeah. with great precision. So it's, it's, a, it's a massive thing that we're going, and you can get some doctors here and there, but you have to put the sword to the, the throat of the, the entities that created this mess. Not, it's not the doctors. They're many times just innocent victims of it. Yeah, I agree. As I, I, think as the, I see yeah. it. Yeah, I think I you're mean, right. My, the, well, the difficulty I have, what I was going to say, is just that how do we, I mean, in order to get to that power system, though, you, you, you sort of have to confront what's right in front of you, which is where the, a lot yes. of the work that I'm doing is just I'm telling people you can't trust your doctors anymore. You got to start asking questions. You got to start Wait. doing your own investigation. You have to do your own reading. But, but Dell, yeah, you are 100 percent correct, but it's limited. You can't just trust your doctors. You can't trust your politicians. You can't mm, trust your yeah. leaders. You can't trust anyone. But yourself, That's true. that is the only one you can yeah. trust. Don't trust me. Don't trust you. Do your own homework. Figure it out. You have to figure out yourself. Yeah. Sometimes you have to rely on other people, but the, ultimately the mistake that people make is they don't trust themselves. I completely agree with that. It also, though, ends up being the difficulty of, you know, creating a movement for change, which is something that I've always, you know, I'm passionate about. We're all going to have to come together, but it gets really difficult because I get the same message on my show. I said, look, I am not asking you, in fact, I don't want you to just trust me. I'm handing mm -hmm. you all my mm -hmm. evidence. Every single week we hand out, you know, everything, you know, the documents where we're getting our information from so people can investigate for themselves. I said, I'm, I'm trying, you know, I always say, I'm not telling you what to think. I'm trying to show you how to think, where to find your information, mm -hmm. you know, when, you know, what should set off the red flags, but it gets very difficult, right? Because we're creating a world of skepticism where you're skeptical towards everything. And, you know, it also means you're really fickle. You're a fickle friend, you know what I mean? At the end, yeah. there's always the next thing that you're moving on to. And it gets hard to keep people focused, you know, on, you know, politics or, or their dot or their hospital. Like, what are they trying to do to make a difference? And then who do they trust? You know, that trust is always wavering. And so it's a, 
in some ways, I think we're, you know, we're moving back to sort of a Wild West type perspective, not the not to mean in a violent way, but just in the way that we really are. It's like every man for himself right now. Yes. And I know, yeah. you know, is, is that how we should always live or, you know, are we, you know, is that the sort of the birth pangs you have to go through to get to finding those people you can trust again and building systems that well, uh, have integrity built inside of them? I think it's because my belief, you know, my passion in life has been to understand biology and optimize it. And I do pretty good at it. Probably, yep. probably one of the better people in the world, but I would say so myself. Yeah, I would say so too. You know, to figure this out. And the constant, but the, the, the consequence of that is realizing that the vast majority of people don't do that. And yeah. there is a consequence of not doing it. And that tends to dissociate you from your critical thinking skills and your ability to connect to consciousness. So yeah. that's a challenge. So the, the, but it's hard You get into this vicious cycle, but I want to offer you a metric that you may want to consider integrating into your approach. Sure. Great. Because I think you, you, I, I just love what you're doing. This is you're, you're doing the right thing. That is the central core of what needs to be done to give them the tools to figure it out for themselves. Yeah. But it's another tool that will be really useful to consider is that we were designed to be joyful. Mm. Yes. If if we make choices, whether it's ourselves or trusting someone else, and we're not joyful, it might take a moment just to ponder. Maybe that wasn't such a good choice. Mm. Maybe you want to reflect on that a bit more. So, and and if you make a lot of choices, you do it pretty rigorously, rather than get stunted and stop making any choices then you, you're not going to grow. But if you make a choice and you're not joyful, then you can make another choice. And once you start getting more joyful, then you're probably going in the right direction. It's a simple thing. Yeah. And, and someone's perception of joy is different. You know, I, actually, I could, yeah. I could show you, I could show you, wait, I've got a new joy in my life. Oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, this is, what a cutie. His, his name is Joy. Wow. It's a wow. Pyrenees. He's 50% Pyrenees. This dog almost never barked. Quiet, meditative. It's just amazing. So anyway, that's a, I'm, yeah. a, I'm just passionate about joy now. <laughs> so am I. Well, I mean, look, I think about our founding fathers, right? I mean, they really oh, grappled God. with like the, the pursuit of happiness, right? That, that, you know, I've been discussing this a lot in some of the work that I'm doing with, my, you know, with, with people is, you know, what is it if we wanted something to return? If we want, what is the value that, what is the truest value that we hold in the United States of America? We've been grappling with it. Is it freedom? You know, is it, is it liberty? But I keep, we keep coming back to this, the pursuit of happiness, the right to follow your bliss, right? And to, as you said, it's different for everybody. You know, freedom is sort of a, a general principle that I think we can all share in, but the pursuit of happiness is that individual, it's what, you know, it's that individual pursuit that mine's gonna be different than yours, but I need the parameters and the freedom in order to express that uniquely, you know? But, but happiness is passive, joy is active. That's the difference. Mm. Right. The result of, rather than seeking it, it's a big difference, really. So it's simple, though. It's a, it's a very intriguing and simple metric that you don't have to pay anything for it to buy anything. <laughs> you just 
figure it out and help you well, guys. Anyway, it's a tangent. I'm writing a whole book about this. Oh, good. I love it. And it's, it's really important because people ask me, how do you do what you do? I would say it's exactly that. I mean, 100%. I, check, I check in every day, you know, right. am I feeling joy? Am I, I always say, you know, I live by that Native American proverb. I, I have some Native American in my background, which is what gives me the last name, Big Tree. But, you know, that... <laughs> That it's a good day to die, right? I yes, really like to yes. reflect at the end of my day and say, am I feeling joy? Did I, was I passionate? Did I express myself? Mm-hmm. Did I feel, you know, I, I, I really feel so blessed in my life, Joe, that I get to live a passionate life. Mm-hmm. I get to pursue the things that, you know, for me, make my life feel like it's, it's making a difference in other people's lives. And I'm bringing joy and thought to other people. But at the end of the day, when I look back, I, you know, every day I want to be able to say, and I want my children to watch as an example that I was living my truth and I wasn't suppressed. I wasn't dark. I wasn't angry. And, I, and we all have to check in at these times. I mean, oh, sure. you know, we get frustrated, we get angry. When I start really feeling that, you know, that I've, I've got that internal mechanism that fires up that red flag and says, you know, exactly. You're saying, Dell, get back to your joy. There's, you know, there's yeah. no reason you, if you're, which, you know, frustrated. The, yeah. the reason you were able to do that, you didn't trust other people. You trusted yourself. You, right. You're a living example of doing it. Yeah. And I think that's probably the most powerful way to teach it is to, you know, to lead it. Yeah. To lead by example. Well, and it's true. It's, I even say it about my show. I say to people, look, if you're watching my show and this information I'm giving out leaves you with some sort of dark feeling or, you know, you, oh. it's just overwhelming, then stop watching my show. Like I, I really, I go out of my way to try and create a sense of hope, but I'm trying to say that in a way, you know, for some people, it's a lot of intense information that I'm sharing. And, and, but stop, don't, the same is true for CNN and Fox and MSNBC, sure. turn that off. If you're finding yourself having a negative outlook on the world of a sense that, you know, it's all insurmountable and there's darkness overtaking everything, then the most important thing you have to do right now uh, to become a light, to get to your joy again, is turn that crap off. You know, yeah. being informed means nothing if all it is mm-hmm. do is sucking the life out of you, you know? Yeah, because it's not really being informed because you can be you can be absolutely certain. And I don't really say that very frequently, but absolutely certain that if this information is causing you fear. Yeah, you got to seriously reconsider it because the truth doesn't cause fear. It may cause concern like you're going to a red light. You want to stop. That's not afraid of the red lights. That's just recognition of a danger there. Right. But it's not fear. It's not fear. Fear is totally different. And that yeah. is if someone's creating fear in your life, you really need to run the other way. Yeah, it's, it's a perfect delineation. Actually, fear is fear is what manipulates us. Fear is how they, you know, yes. how everyone controls us, you know, and it's what I think even when we look at any decision we're making now, whether it's politics, whether it's the school we're going to choose or our teachers or our or our medical practitioners, if they're using fear to make me think I need them, I'm out. I'm out. I'm, yeah. I, I want people that are creating a magnetic energy around themselves that are being dynamic and saying, look, if, you, if, if, if light is what you're looking towards and you're attracted towards that, then this may be something you would enjoy. This may be something you want to be a part of. I mean, we really have got to start looking to positive role models, powerful individuals, especially if we're looking for guidance, whether it's a religious leader, your church leader, or, you know, 
Um, I, again, your medical professionals, so many people leave yeah. the doctor's office terrified. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just like, then why are you going to that person? That's not health. It's never going to get you to health. So, well, you're, you're so spot on. You're, you're really in some way, shape or form, been able to navigate to some really profound truths. So thank you. Uh, appreciate your yeah, thank you. navigating there because it's, it's, you're teaching really good stuff. So yeah. thanks. That's what needs to be done. We need more people like you to do this because there's not many of us out there that are sharing this message. So I want to go diverge now. So thank you for allowing me the platform to pivot to that because it's, it's fun. Yeah. (laughs) But you've been doing some really amazing things with your work, uh, which is initially and primarily motivated through the vaccine awareness. You know, you're a big fan of Barbara's as am I. Yeah. Hello Fisher. And you just did a recently beautiful documentary on her uh, that essentially highlights some of her great life's achievements yeah. in this area. Uh, but the the key the key issue is making people aware of it. And she doesn't like to use the word anti-vax at all. She abhors yeah. that term, and it's vaccine uh, awareness, vaccine choice, you know, it's yeah. a big issue. And as you do too, you embrace that. So why don't no. you share with us some of the amazing victories you have, especially in Mississippi? Sure. Yeah. I mean, well, to begin with, we all grapple with that, right? This anti-vax, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm you know, I'm not anti-vaccine. I always want to state my perspective on that. I, I don't like making that statement either. Not because I'm afraid of it, because a lot of people are like, why don't you just state it right up front? Because the work that I do, and, and, I'm, and I know the work that you do, we are trying to enroll and wake people up to the reality mm-hmm. and the truth, especially medical professionals and scientists. And, and at the heart of the, the error that has taken place is the death of the scientific method and the mm-hmm. idea that the science is never settled. On vaccines and these things, they become dogmas because scientists and doctors are allowing themselves to believe that the science is settled. So for me, to, if you make the statement, I'm anti-vax, that means you've settled your science, that I am convinced that vaccines are the worst thing on the earth and I'm never going to touch them. I prefer to say that currently there's not a single childhood vaccine or vaccine that I've seen that's been properly safety tested. I make a habit of not putting things in my body or the bodies of my children that haven't been safety tested. And so that's why I'm currently not going to be using any of the vaccines on, on the market. Does that mean I will forever be anti-vaccine? I don't know. I mean, I, and, and, but I have to keep open the idea that there may be a scenario out there where a product is so brilliantly tested. Maybe it's made with no adjuvants. They find a more natural way to do it. I don't know. And perhaps there's a disease where people are bleeding out of their eyeballs. I mean, at that moment, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, let's revisit it. But, you know, in order, to, in, in order to communicate with those across the aisle, I have to play by the same rules. And I'm asking you to, to keep an open mind. And so I do too. I don't lose my skepticism. Uh, I'm not going to just jump ship on my ideals, but I'm always going to keep an open mind and never, I'm not really into saying never. I think that we've got to always just keep looking at the new information as it comes uh, in that. So that's sort of the basis of my work. And I think people that watch the high wire every once in a while, I'll surprise them because what, you know, I think those of us that are in some form of a leadership role, or at least, you know, uh, a role of, of, of bringing truth and reality to, to the conversation. Um, 
I have to remain skeptical. I'm skeptical on all sides of these issues, right? I'm, I'm as skeptical. I'm, you know, I, I use an example right now. I'm doing investigations into chemtrails. You know, I know a lot of people like look up at those lines in the sky and they're like, I just got to get rid of those lines. I know that there's, you know, I know that there's weather manipulation happening. I know this, but I'm still not convinced yet that those lines are all in a sprayer on a plane. I'm, I have to see the evidence. I'm looking for that evidence. So no, people will assume, you know, I'm a conspiracy theorist. The truth is I don't buy into something just because it sounds good. It makes me want to look into it. But then I start doing the research and saying, what can we actually prove? And I find we get ourselves in very dangerous territory a lot especially in the medical freedom or the health awareness or vaccine awareness space, when we start jumping to conclusions without the, you know, the full evidence and proof of what we're saying, we may be right, but until you can prove you're right, you better be careful, you know, what you're saying, uh, because, uh, you know, any mistake, of course, we know that the other side makes mistakes all the time, but for us, uh, we've really got to be immaculate in, in our understanding the truths that we're sharing. So I, I try to maintain that posture and it's worked fairly well. So as you pointed out, I think the, you know, the real, uh, I, I couldn't do the work that I do without Aaron Siri, who's the lawyer that I teamed up with back in at the very end of 2016, just as I was starting uh, my nonprofit. Um, he's just been so dynamic. I, I would say probably the most successful lawyer uh, working with our nonprofit, I can in the medical freedom space that I know, especially in this space of bringing awareness to vaccines. We've won lawsuits against the NIH, CDC, Health and Human Services, you know, really all the medical regulatory agencies. And as you pointed out, I think, you know, really perhaps our biggest win to date was, and it was a bucket list moment when we started this work was we knew we were be moving into a new dimension when we actually took on an offensive position when we finally stopped defending ourselves against the bills and the laws that were coming at us, but started reversing or pushing back and writing bills that benefited us. And so Mississippi just last year, we won back the religious exemption from vaccinations that had been gone since I think 1979. Um, so, and it was the first state in, in the union to lose, you know, that ability to opt out. And I think that the shared yeah, mission, you know, I think when I was practicing, there was only two states, and Mississippi was one of them that didn't have yeah. that exemption. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's grown California that really got me into this fight. I was living in California when they passed SB 277 and joined Mississippi and West Virginia. Maine has recently, um, I think, moved that in the direction, Connecticut. So those are sort of the recent signups to the really the destruction of human sovereignty and personal freedom. Uh, and as you know, um, the end of the, you know, of the first rule of the Nuremberg Code, which is the voluntary consent of the patient is absolutely critical. That, mm -hmm. that transformed medicine as we know it. I mean, in the modern world, the Nuremberg Code was to make sure that the patient always maintained control so that we never found ourselves being experimented upon, uh, despite whatever leadership thought was, you know, they were trying to discover. So to, to watch these states and watch President Biden, you know, uh, mandate a vaccine on people, say you can't go to work without a vaccination is, is, is really terrifying when you think that it's erasing probably the most important step in modern medicine, you know, that we've seen, which is ensuring that the patient is always in control of their destiny. And so 
Um, that was what, you know, really critical to us. And so winning that exemption back from Mississippi took years and years uh, in the process. It was actually quite fascinating. COVID um, delivered the way forward on that, actually, Joe. I, I'm I not sure. Ask you, yeah. I was going to ask you about that because there, the silver lining of COVID is that yeah. it woke a lot of people off. It did. And it actually. I want to touch on that because you're deep in this. And this is your, you know, you focus a large percentage of your on concentrate of your work on this. And so I really, you yeah. have a very helpful, enlightened view on this, more so than most people. Yeah. So I really want to get your take on it. So what's interesting, I think a lot, we all know that we COVID woke so many people up. I mean, just the fact that I think only like somewhere around 10% of the people that are eligible for the booster shots are getting them, which means- I thought you it was know, single digits. Yeah, well, it, it may be below. I'm, I'm always extremely conservative <laughs> with my numbers. It might be as high as 10%, but meaning no. 90% have, that have left- the CDC's recommendations. That's a huge, huge shift in consciousness in this country. And then of course, you had at least 30% that never got the vaccine at all underneath, you know, one of the most incredible onslaughts of propaganda. Uh, the Biden administration said publicly they spent $10 billion on advertising and really using sitcoms and shows to brainwash us to get the vaccine. So the fact that 30% of our country really resisted that, I think, is, is dynamic there. I mean, changes in political systems have, have usually happened with less than 30% of, mm -hmm. the, of the, you know, driving force uh, of, mm -hmm. the, of the nation. But what really was unique was actually how the courts had to wake up. And it was mm -hmm. forced, you know, by what, we, what happened was, you know, we'd been attempting to fight the power of, you know, your religious rights. But as you know, we lost that with Jacobson, you know, all the way, you know, back in 1905, I think it was when uh, Jacobson versus Massachusetts, when the Supreme Court ruled that Jacobson would have to pay a fine for not getting his smallpox vaccine. He fought it for religious rights. And the Supreme Court says you don't have the religious right to opt out. Ironically, he didn't have to get the vaccine. He just had to pay the fine. But from then on, we have been which was, dealing with only five dollars, which but, was only five dollars. Exactly. It was a lot more back then. Sure. I, I had a, uh, a debate with Alan Dershowitz on the vaccine issue during COVID, and I sort of pointed that out to him, but I, I don't want to get off track there. But what was interesting is, so it's been harder to win these cases just based on the straight, I have the religious right to opt out. But what happened was because of some of these churches uh, that were shut down across the country, there were the, we were watching these legal cases that were starting to win around the country saying that essentially you kept Walmart open or you kept a bar open or even in some crazy cases, strip clubs, clubs were left open while churches were forced to shut down uh, and they had an equal risk, right? There's still people walking around close together, whatever the case. And so the court, we started watching the court make this decision that wherever there is a secular right, there must also be a religious right. And so it was winning in court saying, you can't shut down, you know, you can't open up Walmart to say that that's a necessity for people and then say, but I can shut down a church, which is a necessity for people. And wherever you're opening up because of any reason for this case, it was the right to go and buy food or furniture shop or whatever it was, or buy alcohol. Then you have to allow people to practice their religion. That's the way our constitution was set up. So we actually mirrored that argument and brought that to Mississippi 
saying wherever there's a secular right, there must also be a religious right. And we pointed to the medical exemption. What we said is, look, there is a group of people that are claiming that they can opt out of this vaccine program for, for medical reasons. So that's a secular reason. Wherever there's a secular reason, our constitution says there must also be the, a religious you know, uh, protection too. And that's how that won. So without COVID, I'm not sure that that precedence would have been out there but this is this is just one of the many things where when people are like, oh, COVID went exactly like they planned it. They 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 you know, they we didn't win. They they they've got us right where they want us. It's I really don't believe that's true. I think we caught them by surprise. And I think that they made some serious mistakes mm-hmm. and allowed openings in the legal system by which we can take advantage and really start to shift, you know, some of this authoritarian pressure around medical decisions. Uh, we, we can shift it back in this country. So it's a lot of the work that I'm doing where looking, we're calling it Free the Five, our nonprofit's very focused now on those remaining states, Connecticut and uh, uh, New York and uh, California and Maine, um, West Virginia. Uh, I, I hope to see, you know, you know, within the next year or so that we really give the right back to opt out of this vaccine program. Honestly, I hope that at some point we really get leadership in this country that will allow for um, the removal of medical mandates. And I think that if, if there's one thing, I've been at many conferences where all the th- sort of thought leaders come together on this issue, and we disagree a lot on like exactly what it is we're going for. But I remember one conference, there was about 30 or 40 of us in a think tank. And what we all came to the conclusion was, is you know where we do agree? We all want to see the end of medical mandates, mandated products in any way by the government in the United States. And so... That's sort of the the over you know arching theme to the work that I do is is to try and see that end. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah Mississippi was a great case. Yeah, so it's from my view, it seems that the biggest mistake that they made with COVID is that it created a sense of awareness in large portions of the population, probably the majority, even though they may not have openly stated or they took the vaccine, that they really created some problems. <laughs> and it's yeah. not just legal, that they're not going to be as effective the next time around. They're not going to be as compliant to lockdowns, as compliant to mandatory vaccines. And people are going to make some different choices. A lot of people have made some brave and courageous choices last time. They lost their job. Yeah. They may have been, their salary might have been reduced by 75, 85%. Yeah. You know, had to radically rechange their lifestyle and commitments, maybe even went bankrupt. I don't know. But they chose not to take that essentially a potential death sense for so many, if not. You know, term, permanent disability, which would even be even worse in some some cases, as you all know, it is exposed. Yeah. On the show. Well, those were those were the real heroes, I think, of COVID. I mean, even more than you or I. Mm-hmm. You know, I was working in a space where my job wasn't threatened. In fact, we were thriving because we were bringing mm-hmm. the truth. But I, my heart goes out to those people that had to make that choice that to stand their ground, they had to face not feeding their families. And, I, and I'm really happy to report that also a lot of the work that we did with our, you know, because our nonprofit, because of the support of the people, mm-hmm. you know, we were able to fight for the military. We won cases in the Air Force, uh, in the Army. Uh, keeping, you know, many of them from getting kicked out of the military for not taking the COVID vaccine. We've won cases against employers. We had brought a case against airlines forcing people to mask, uh, but that ended up, you know, um, a large case uh, 
uh, won that. But on just like you're saying, there's actually now precedence that has been set. Like we have won these cases showing that those were illegal actions by our government. In fact, we showed that, that the Biden um, you know, mandate was illegal. And I think in almost every situation except for healthcare workers, I believe that they still sort of hang in the balance and they've sort of maintained that you could tell health care workers that are going to have to vaccinate. But everyone else, the uh, over 100 employees, you know, wins there. So it is going to be much harder for them to ever attempt to do this again. And I agree with you. I think where 30 percent resisted, I would think you would have a solid 50 percent. I think half of, the, of our country. I'm not sure about the rest of the world. But, you know, we still have that, you know, rebellious nature, that blood still pumps through us. Uh, that makes America great. And, and I think it's part of when we're waking up and the work that we're doing is you're saying, you know, question everything. And, and, and that really comes from a place of recognize how powerful you are. Recognize that you live in a nation where you're endowed your rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness by God, not by the government. This is something that we really have got to get focused on because I think people and maybe the education system is really you know, shifted the the truth on us, where we think that the government somehow gives us our rights. They don't. The the Constitution. It's a propaganda system. It is a propaganda. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's not education. It's been perverted for many, many decades, if not longer. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know. There are some anomalies that don't follow that, of course. It's not an absolute, but for the most part, that's what it is. Yeah. And so we think that the, you know, the Constitution is, you know, what the government uses to control. Actually, it's only written to, for the government. It's designed to tell the government what it's allowed and not allowed to do to us. And so um, and, 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 and to sort of protect our powers. So that's a lot of the work that we're doing. I think my other you were asking sort of the big cases, the other things that we're really excited about is, you know, we have we spent a fortune uh, suing the FDA over the data from the trials of the Moderna vaccine, of the Pfizer uh, vaccine, and then ultimately the VSAFE data from the CDC. I mean, and, remember... This was the initial rollout that got the original authorization for the use? Yeah, that's right. So with the emergency exactly. use authorization, you know, they promised that they... Look, they knew they were skipping the safety oh. trials. This thing should have been trialed at least two years between you and I, we both know that this is potentially a DNA altering experimental product, you know, right. Potentially it is. <laughs> you need that potentially out of there. I can't. No, it does for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, but even if they did the two year study, it, it's, it does, or the 10 year study is still, they're not going to do it in a way that proves it's safe. Correct. They, no. they, they manipulate the trial design. And you, as you alluded to it, there's never, ever, ever been a, a study that's been safe and effective that shows yeah. effective. Never no, there, there hasn't because you, you first of all, uh, prior to COVID vaccine, there was never a placebo group. I mean, that's one of the things mm-hmm. that we proved in court. Yeah, None yeah. of the childhood vaccines had a placebo group. So you really can't actually establish causation. People don't get this when they say, oh, you know, autism or Tourette's <laughs> or, you know, ADD, ADHD or asthma. You know, I feel like my child's asthma is caused by the vaccine. They'll always say, well, that's correlation, not causation. What people don't know is the only way to establish causation, the only moment that can happen is during that placebo-based trial. Once you're out of a trial where you have a control group that's receiving a placebo, 
That is the only space by which you can establish causation. So when they don't do that, it doesn't matter if 100 people die immediately after getting the vaccine, they will stay correlation, not causation, because you don't have a control group to, to, to point against. It could be obvious, but they're allowed that language. And so they are avoiding doing the studies so that they never have to tell you that. But you know, all that being said, we were promised that the FDA, CDC, would be very transparent. They knew they were rushing onto the, on the market without any long-term trials. Now, you and I both know, and Barbara Lowe Fisher knows, they've never done a long-term trial on any of the vaccines. But this is the first time anyone in the world really became aware of that because it was happening right before their eyes. And they promised, oh, we're going to be transparent. So as soon as we started FOIA, we want to use FOIA to say, okay, we would like to see all the trial data that the FDA used to approve the EUA. They suddenly said they needed 75 years to collect all of that data and hand it over. Uh, so we fought them in court and we ultimately won both against Pfizer uh, first. Uh, we won all the trial data uh, and they were supposed to release it over a year. Joe, they actually lied about the amount of data that that was going to be. So they set the pages at like 55,000 pages a month, I thought, yeah. something like right. that, so that it would, by the end of the year, well, we got to the end of the year and the documents just kept coming. And so we went back to court and said, how many documents are there? Because you promised us that with 55,000 a month, we would hit the number. And as it turned out, it was like, it was astronomically more pages of data than they had said, which really turned the judge against them. And that was the same judge that then had our Moderna case and so we won the Moderna uh, data and the childhood data and all of this, Joe, just so that we can hand all of that data to the, the independent scientists around the world to start seeing what happened inside of the trials. And as you know, there's lots of great work coming out from that showing that death rates were much higher in the vaccine group than they ever led on myocarditis, you know, the, the avoiding pregnancy and the trials and all the things they saw around that. Uh, and then recently, the V-Safe data. The V-Safe data was the app that was on a, that people had on their cell phone when they got the COVID vaccine. And really, Joe, that's the closest to anything you're ever going to get as far as you know a, a, a cohort study because we know exactly how many people were in the group, right? This is the problem with like VARES. All of these, you know, all these post-marketing surveillance systems. We, you know, you'll see as currently, I think it's over 30,000 deaths from the COVID vaccine, but out of how many, right? Like what is the, what is the overall, you know, you know, denominator and, you know, what, what are we looking at? So it's hard to determine, but in this case, everyone, we know that, you know, just over 10 million people were on this app. And so when we see that, you know, nearly um, uh, seven, I mean, was it, let's see, was it 7%? Uh, of those that were about 700,000 people all claim to have to seek medical care after vaccinations. Now we can say, you know, 7% of the population that receives this vaccine needed medical care. That is far cry from the one in a million get injured that we're always told. And then there was other categories that showed that people could not go to work. These were all like check the box things that were going on on this app. And we, so we showed that nearly 30% of people were somewhere between not being able to work, not being able to perform daily functions or having to seek medical care. 30%. That makes that, at least as far as we know, one of the most tragic and um, uh, dangerous vaccines ever made. But here was the trick. The CDC had played a trick on everybody. 
where they really only ask questions like, you know, did you have a headache? Did you have fever? Did you have swelling in the arm area? All things that if you say, yeah, I did, they say, good, that's a sign the vaccine's working. We saw through FOIA that when they were the working group that was working on the vSafe app knew that what they should really be looking at, the, the uh, adverse events of special interest were all the things you and I were really worried about, right? The, the myocarditis and the anaphylaxis and the Bell's palsy and the strokes and the blood clots. All, it, wasn't, it wasn't blind to them. They were seeing that too, and those were on the list, but they ended up not putting any of those questions onto this app, which shows you they were trying to avoid that. But instead, they left this open box text field that if it didn't fit into your check the box space, just write in what happened to you. There's over 7 million open box text fields that meant that people had injuries going beyond what they were being asked about. We did not win that. We got all the old open box check field, but Aaron Siri has gone a step further and stayed in court for a year and uh, just won the case that the CDC is going to have to hand over all 7 million open uh, fields. And so we think that's where we're going to see the people going to the hospital with chest pains and strokes and heart attacks. I think we, I, we, I really believe that we, we may be about to see the smoking gun. And so that's a really, really big win um, there. And I think it, it really may be the revelation needed to put an end to this entire conversation on if well, vaccines are safe and certainly whether COVID, you know, I, I'm an eternal optimist. <laughs> well, I mean, there's already enough information to, to reach that conclusion. You know, I mean, it's nice to have the others, but it's really not yeah. necessary. And uh, now you mentioned, and I thought that's really interesting, if not odd, that the COVID vaccines did indeed have a real control in their, yes. in their trial, but they, they they bastardized every almost every other aspect of the trial, and it, which absolutely made it fatally flawed. It, could, it was never a valid trial, never. Well, the way, the way they controlled, and then yeah, and then even beyond that, it was massive fraud going on. They would manipulate things, and it wasn't blinded. And there's a whistleblower, I forget her name, Johnson or Jackson, Jack, yeah, Brooke, yeah, yeah, Brooke, yeah. Brooke Jackson. That's well her name. done, yes, Brooke Jackson. Yeah, and that's the, I'm sure you had her on your show. I'm, there's no doubt. Uh, yeah. But she, I don't know the current status of her litigation, but boy, she was, she just blew the whistle on what they were doing. It was, a, yeah. it was just a classic illustration of how they, they just engineered the whole thing and, and uh, perverted yeah. the trial at its core. Well, the biggest perversion is really what they did. You know, you're right. It was manipulated all along. I mean, they were saying things like, I mean, first of all, they, 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 they picked like the, you know, superheroes to be in the trial. I mean, people that don't drink, you know, they even said they didn't want people having intercourse during the trial, which brings up a whole set of questions. We never seen they that in the trial before. Quickly, right. They? Yeah. yeah. So they weren't, they weren't the, the targets. <laughs> no, they weren't the elderly. They weren't allowed to be obese. They weren't allowed to have any yeah. of the comorbidities that were making you susceptible to the virus. So why wouldn't we be testing if it made you susceptible to the <laughs> vaccine since it was the core, the spike protein was the core of the vaccine and it was the most problematic part of the virus. All that can be said, but what really is the game that's played was once they passed that emergency use authorization, um, then they play this game that they always play, right? Which is, it is curtain. Then they decide Moderna and Pfizer says, well, look, and we're only months into these trials, right? We're just, it was only just about a month after that second shot for most of the people in the trial, 45,000 one and 30,000 the other, half of them receiving the vaccine. 
But, you know, we weren't anywhere near two years. I don't even think we're at the six month mark. But then Moderna and Pfizer says, well, look, hey, now that the entire world is allowed to get the vaccine through emergency use authorization, it's unethical to keep these this placebo group like they're the only ones going to be blocked from being allowed to have this life saving measure. That's not fair. And so they went and because of that vaccinated the entire placebo group. So we will never know. We'll never be able to say over two years, more people died of heart attack than died in yeah. the placebo group. More people had myocarditis, more people had cancer, all things that we see skyrocketing right now. Uh, it, in, it's so around clear the world. that was their plan all wrong. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that was the design, the, the, the true study design that was concealed from the public. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was, that, that was done in advance. That was yeah. not just thought up at the last minute because it's a, it's a perfect example. Oh, it's or, genius. No, I yeah, mean, it, I, it's smart. It's pretty yeah. strategic. Oh, I, I, I have no problem like tipping my hat to my opponent. You know, I, yeah. I've said, you know, in true Mohawk fashion, you know, my, my mother's Mohawk from upstate New York, Native American. But, uh, you know, I said, like, I will honor Tony Fauci, you know, uh, you know, on by by tearing out his heart and eating it you know that's what the warriors used to do just to fully respect how much i appreciate my, my opponent you know i mean it's uh it's it's amazing how brilliant they've been at manipulating people and manipulating these trials and manipulating these studies you know it's uh you got to be careful he's been jabbed a lot and he's actually thinking that, that's true uh Mo, Mo, Mel Pure, or uh, the, the one that they were taking for recurrence of it that actually caused it like molnupiravir molnupiravir yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. the generic name but i forget the the brand name of it, Paxlo- it was, is that paxlovid is that the Paxlo- same thing Paxlo- yeah, 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 yeah 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 exactly yeah. what it was and it was like a thousand bucks and like almost everyone that took it they got a recurrence including yeah. Fauci himself and the president at the time yeah yeah it it's terrible some, yeah I mean, it's terrible it's a, it's a it's a it's a comedy of errors uh, but not so comic, you know, as, as you know, we watched over 150,000 people crest that excess death mortality space in America, meaning, you know, if you sort of aggregate the average of the 2015 to 19, we had 150,000 people uh, above that line die in last year in 2023 after COVID. So I think that those are the places that, um, and more and more, like European Union, a lot of, you know, and, and even our own Congress is starting to ask questions about this excess mortality rate. So, you know, I know that people get upset with us sort of harping on COVID and want to think it's in our rearview mirror, but um, I think we need to, you know, the trial, we really need the Nuremberg trials now over what happened, or it will just repeat itself and we'll find ourselves, you know, in sort of, I think, that position again. Yeah. I- since you're so deep in the weeds in this topic and very objective and skeptical at the same time, which is a good yeah. combination to have, uh, have you reached any conclusions in your exploration of two areas of the vaccine that some of the vaccine skeptics are concerned about, which is graphene, uh, which I don't believe is accurate. Uh, it, may, it may be some in there, but most likely it is not an antenna for 5G. That is a delusion. I'm glad to hear you say that because I I would hate to have to disagree with you, but I do agree. In fact, I, you know, look, one of the things that we did, I went into a a, a laboratory um, and I put, uh, first of all, we put it under a microscope. We studied a lot of the different vaccines, but we had over a hundred vials that we put through electron spectrometry to get all of the uh, sources. uh, 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 The the pathologist from Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. 
Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Cole. Yeah, Cole. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, uh, and I'll tell you, look, I, I mean, all I can say is this: out of the over a hundred doses we put through the, you know, the finest study electron spectrometry you can do, yeah. there was no graphene oxide to be found. Now, does that mean there's no graphene oxide? I suppose maybe we didn't have every vial. But well, now I am going to state publicly that I don't believe there's graphene oxide there until you yeah. can do a study better than what we did yeah, and show its existence. Thank you. Know? you thank you so, for doing it. I, yeah. Now that you're mentioning it, I do remember yeah. your, that brilliant documentary that you did. That was a really good yeah. service. So as an extension of that, and slay another dragon of misinformation, yeah. is that there is no such thing as a virus. There's no <sighs> such thing as a virus. This is all a, a, a fraud. It doesn't exist. That, I mean, I had a discussion you, with that, Susan, Suzanne Humphreys. Uh, you I, said we weren't going to get political, but you just went well, no, like, this, this is, that, this, no, that is, but this is, is just that. as dangerous as anything in politics. I have so many people that come up to me on this issue. All, I mean, look, Any, you know, anyone, anyone who posts that on my site is not going to post again. That's for yeah, sure. It's, yeah. it's a lie. It's a delusion. It's a fraud. And I will not allow that on my site. The, I will say this, that I have, you know, I have always said I'm open to a conversation. I offered a couple of the leading voices uh, in that sort of terrain theory, there is no mm -hmm. virus space, the opportunity to come on my show. I've even said this on the show, um, and mm -hmm. I'm probably getting in trouble by saying this, but they came to me and said, we will only come on your show to disprove germ theory. We are not there to prove a theory of our own. And I don't think people recognize that that's where this is at. Like they speak with such authority as though we've got evidence of terrain theory and exosomes and this entire, you know, uh, work around to how we're, you know, sort of sharing, you know, energetic experiences. But the truth is, is they know there's not enough science to prove that. Uh, and, and I just say this, Joe, like, look, I am a skeptic and I'm not against, I will look at anything. I will yeah, look at, like you know, percent. I'll, I'll look, look at this. We're open-minded. We're not right, closed-minded. Right. We're willing so I'm to not, examine the evidence. Right. I'm, I'm open to having my mind changed, but you have to have evidence. And I've looked at the evidence on this conversation. And for instance, you know, in one of the books, I remember asking the question, well, why is it when my child you know, get sick at the daycare and they come home and have the sniffles. Do I have the sniffles two or three days later? Or measles is a really good example. Measles yeah, is exactly, so that's highly that's infectious. What, that's what Dan Humphreys used. She uses exactly you know, that. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you, if you have an island that hasn't had measles in, you know, 50 years or something, and measles hits that island, almost everybody that, you know, didn't have prior immunity is going to catch it. It's highly. How does, you know, how does terrain theory explain that right. one? Well, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you in one of the descriptions, they say, well, it's like guitar strings. If you have two guitars sitting next to each other and you pluck one guitar string, that same note rings on another guitar. It's like resonance. So we're resonating this energetic experience with each other, which at that point I'm like, so then, I mean, to me, then it's just a different delivery system, but I'm still getting infected by you. So please stay back. You know what I mean? I, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, like an infectious agent there. Right. There's an infectious agent what of some kind, it. whether it's harmonic or not. It's now, not you know, it's yeah. not but, but here's the, here's the most important thing, Joe, for me, and this is where I'm at. And I've said this, I'm not guided in my work to make the destruction of germ theory, my core no, mission. Of course, it's just, just not true. 
You just want right. And, and I'm also trying to stop the injection of what I believe are incredibly toxic and dangerous products just being, you know, injected at high levels into our children, into humanity. I'm trying to stop that. I'm trying to get to a place where our government doesn't mandate that anymore to show how little science is around that. That's my core mission. That is what I'm dedicated to is eradicating man-made disease and stopping the use of this product that I think is is certainly a giant contributor to this acceleration of autoimmune disease from about 12% of the population prior to the 1980s when this vaccine, you know, then it explodes this program from 10 vaccines to now like 72 by the time you're 18. We've seen that 12% chronic illness go to over 54%. And I think the last data ever collected is 2012 really on that. So God knows how bad it is now, but... The point I want to make is if, even if this germ theory with enough science and funding and everything and there is a holes in it, they can show that there's some other delivery system. It's not my hill. It's not it's not what I'm guided by God to be a part of. And if somebody if that's your life, go ahead and do it. But yeah, yeah. You know, they here's, are free to choose. Everyone you, yeah, make their own choice. Right. Absolutely. But here's here's what I say to people. I'm winning the argument using their germ theory. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't go to med school. I'm a journalist. So I, and really I didn't even germ, grow up with germ theory because my parents were real health nuts. Like I never got vaccinated. My parents were into like mind over matter and Edgar Casey teachings. And, you know, you, whatever you hold in your mind becomes, you know, is, is represented through your body. So people want to get really out there. They can look at, you know, how I was raised. But I learned germ theory and I learned how they talked about it through my journalistic career and working at the doctor's television show and Dr. Phil and all of those things. But here's what I can say that using germ theory, their vaccines are falling apart. I'm beating them, you know, so it's like we're in the Super Bowl and we're in the stadium and the millions of people are watching worldwide and I'm playing by their rules and winning. If I'm going to switch to some older, like, oh, there's no germ. That's like, I got to move everybody to a different stadium. I got to right. see a whole new set of rules. Wait, wait, wait. No, you know? I, think, I think it's a different universe. Yeah, Del. different universe. <laughs> and, 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 and then start all over again. And frankly, Joe, we don't have time for that. Like we are really, really in a dangerous, precarious moment where we're about to lose all control over our bodies, our sovereignty in yeah. so many levels. I mean, you know, being in an airport, and they got that facial recognition camera now they're asking me to step in front of, which I'm saying, no, I'm going to opt out while I still can. And people should know you can opt out of that. And, you know, people say to me, Dell, I mean, they already have your driver's license and you're putting that in their track you wherever you go. I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to be as big a pain in the ass when it comes to like AI takeover of our lives. And by the way, all that camera, the one thing I know it's going to do is take away that TSA worker's job. Because they won't need you there once cameras are doing yeah. it everywhere. They won't need a grocery store attendant. And so we're just going to watch these cameras and everything just destroy our community and our, our interactions with each other well, and, and our humanity. Well, so, I want to challenge you on this, though. Okay. From your perspective, because it's, it's not the technology that's intrinsically evil. It's just like a gun is intrinsically evil. Right. Like even potentially a vaccine may not be, be intrinsically evil. If, if it was the right vaccine done in the proper application, it was properly tested. Yeah. And proven you safe. But it's the intent of the people behind that that's yeah. the problem. Right. That's the issue. 
It's always the issue, right? I mean, you know, I think I still grapple with nuclear energy, right? I mean, this idea that, you know, probably a good idea. It looks like if you, we can figure out how to deal with this a little bit of waste and make it as safe as possible. But are you know, the governments of the world take these technologies and they use them always yeah. for the worst scenario, right? It doesn't have to be that way, though. Doesn't no, it, it doesn't. I agree. And, and, and look, yeah, I we're think not... that's the focus. That's the focus. Because these technologies can be used for good. They I can, agree. Not necessarily vaccines, because they're not much good. Out of them. But, but you can go back to the foundational basics. When you restore biology to its optimum, when you're creating maximum amount of, of mitochondrial cellular energy with minimum distortion in that, creating very little cellular exhaust, you're going to be healthy. You're going to be resistant and highly resilient to almost any disease. Yeah. Doesn't matter what, even bioweapon diseases. <laughs> like the right. Going to be deep well, I think we're all seeing how we fare right now under those circumstances. Yeah. I, I think this is a bioweapon. It's clear this came from a laboratory, you know, and there's some scary, you know, things. I've been talking to Peter McCullough and other doctors and scientists that are out there. Well, that's the other you know, thing. I do. I, thank you for reminding me as you said yeah. that. I'm sorry for interrupting, but no, no. I want you to, to shed your discoveries, I think would be the best term of what, of, of your exploration on this topic, because there's a lot of confusion on this. Yeah. And I don't know that there is an answer, but I'm really interested in your, your feelings on this. And that is a, the topic of viral shedding. Yes. I mean, I look, I, the people that I trust, again, I'm, I'm a mm -hmm. journalist. So the people mm -hmm. that I trust, when I look at the work that Peter McCullough is pointing to, when I look at the study and like I read the studies all around the world, the most, and I just had Pierre Corey on my show, who really yeah. speaks very clearly yeah. about this. You know, you have these studies where they're testing children of paper, of adults. You know, the parents got vaccinated. The children didn't get the vaccine and the children have the vaccinal antibodies, right? So uh, they had the spike protein, but not the carrier, you know, like not the rest of the virus. So we know that really they just got, you know, now, did they get an infection from that or was there somehow a shedding of the antibodies? I mean, there's a question on what is actually happening there, but clearly, clearly there's a transfer of some kind from the vaccine. And when we look at all the anecdotal evidence, but the amount of it when it comes to, you know, women's health and, and their periods changing when they're around people that are vaccinated, I just think, you know, at a certain point, a logical, you know, the stronger reality, the hypothesis is we are seeing a market change in humans that haven't received the vaccine when they're around large groups of people that have. So I think it's clear that there's shedding going on, uh, though, I, you know, I'd like to see more science and evidence, sure, you know, looking course. into that. But that, that's where uh, that's where I am. And, and I'm concerned about it. Right. I'm concerned of how do I clear spike, you know, sort of man-made spike protein, you know, and whatever this, this Franken virus is out of my system. You know, one of the things I, I started doing is uh, I, I have a, you know, consistent intermittent fasting uh, program now because, you know, I'm trying to create cell die off. And, and, and you talked, I mean, I know this is right in your wheelhouse. You well, know, actually my I wheelhouse do. has changed. I, I've yeah? radically altered my view on this. Yes. I'm happy to share it if you're interested. Please, yeah. So intermittent fasting can be helpful. See, there's three things that destroy mitochondrial function. One is excess linoleic acid, which is seed oils, probably the most important. 
Mm -hmm. uh, secondarily would be estrogen, which is pervasive in our environment and xenoestrogens, chemical estrogens. And then there's endotoxin, which is a result of a aberration in the microbiome, essentially a perversion of the optimum uh, beneficial bacteria to more of a pathological bacteria. And, mm. and it, it's a result of the first two effects, primarily the seed oils, mm. and then it just escalates downhill. And the reason that's so important is because these pathologic bacteria, they're all gram negatives, but the pathologic ones, when the, these gram negatives die, there's this lipopolysaccharide called LPS or endotoxin that's embedded in their cell membrane. And it, it's a poison. It's a mitochondrial poison. It destroys function. Mm. It's very, very dangerous. It can kill people from septic shock if it's in high doses. Wow. So that's going on. And then you've got the, the, the linoleic acid. So all those factors destroy that, that health. And I forget where I was going with this now. What was I? Well, I was talking about oh, oh, intermittent, intermittent fasting. fasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Intermittent yeah. Fasting. So intermittent fasting can help because one of the things that improves mitochondrial function is lowering the endotoxin. So that the, the, when you normally healthy food with fiber, like fruits, a whole fruit is one of the healthiest foods on the planet, unless you have a perverted microbiome. Microbiome. So that extra fiber that normally is beneficial and feeds the good bacteria who are, who are there in very small numbers, mm -hmm. but the bad bacteria, then it increases the bad bacterial growth and endotoxin goes up and you just get worse. It's this vicious downhill cycle. So it can be useful and people are sick. It's not useful for healthy people at all. And I'll tell you why. This is, the, this is something I didn't understand with, until the last year or two. And I think you would benefit from it. That is... You know, for, for now, we have to get a definition of intermittent fasting. Eight, 12, 16 hours is fine. I think it's fine. But when you go an extended 36, 72, five-day right. fast, that is a major problem. And I'll tell you why it's a problem. And the intermittent fasting can be a problem for many if you're in the subgroup of people who have impaired liver function. Mm. Why? It's all the mechanism of what's happening because the liver is the primary store of glucose in the form of a polymer called glycogen. And normally we have enough to last a day. But if you have liver disease like NAFLD, which at least a third of the population has, and wow. maybe higher, then that your ability to store that glycogen is diminished and you are, are unable to supply that sugar to your blood. You're, if you don't have sugar, you, you will die. You will go into a hypoglycemic coma and you will be dead. 100%. Mm. Yes, your brain can thrive on ketones. It can thrive on lactate as alternative fuels, but it needs sugar. It, and it, the way your body reconciles this is that when your sugar level goes too, too low, you le release stress hormones like mm. glycogen, adrenaline, cortisol. And cortisol is a nasty pu puppy. I mean, you, thank God we have it. It keeps people alive. It's, I mean, this is so important because if blood sugar goes down too low, you're dead. There's no debating that. You are just dead. You know, you have to have that blood sugar. So the way that people do it are on these low carb diets or extended fasting, they they release the stress hormones and ultimately that will help. But it, it, over time, the stress hormones destroy your body mm. because it, you're, it's not, it's a long, it's a, it's an emergency strategy that you're using for long-term, not wise at all. Wow. So you, you need know. healthy carbohydrates. And, but, do, but you have to what resolve is a healthy car, car, a carbohydrate, the best you know? health, healthiest carbohydrate in the world is, is ripe fruit. 
if you don't right have fruit. repaired microbiome. And okay. if that's the case, then you have to have an ultra refined, which is not, this is only true for people who have healthy microbiomes, would be fruit juice without the pulp, which okay. I don't particularly care for, but it's the only thing they can tolerate because the fiber otherwise will cause endotoxin release. And they mm -hmm. have real serious problems with it. So until you're healthy, you kind of have to use that uh, crutch strategy to, to achieve that state. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, that's a little tangent, but it's, no, it's an important it. one. And then the well, other thing yeah. too is what do you do for viral shedding? I would offer that you could, my favorite strategy is nebulized hydrogen peroxide, which is like, once you buy the nebulizer, it's virtually free. It costs like way do you, less. Than do you do that even when you're feeling good? Cause I, I've no. done that when I'm, when I'm feeling ill, like I, I definitely use that. No, no, I don't, you know? but I, okay. I will offer, I'll offer a consideration. The, the best time to do it is the earliest. So the moment I have a sniffle or I'm sneezing, when I shouldn't sneeze, I'll do it like instantly. I, I have friends who wake up in the middle of the night and do it. And the reason is then you only have to do it once and you don't get sick. You do not get sick. Right. It is the most effective way to abort the illness in, the, in its early phase because the, the, the viruses, unless you believe in germ theory <laughs> or no, whatever, <laughs> right. theory, yeah. Yeah. You know, no. the nonsense, the nonsense that they're discussing, but they, they get embedded in your upper airways and your nasals nasal sinuses and upper throat. And that's where you have to put the, the nebulous process. So you can't yeah. really use it with a mouthpiece because it won't work. It's why you have to use a, a, a mask, a facial mask to get it in those the sinuses. And you All get right. it right away. And that doesn't have time to replicate because these have pretty rapid replication times. I, I so, was shocked, you know, and I, I, I will, I, I do nebulize when I'm, you know, but I've been using yeah. the one in my mouth, not through my nose. I tend well, to... I've sprayed um, um, my thing like, like some like colloidal five, silver. Five, I've, I've like gone colloidal yeah, silver. I'd I'd say nose, I'm not sure what you think. No, but, just, um, you, but, maybe use iodine, but don't use colloidal silver. It's a little bit too dangerous and not okay. necessary. It's just not necessary. And the peroxide is, I mean, it's cheap. It's going to cost you a penny or two. That's right. it. You know, it's almost free. The one thing I've started doing just from, you know, all of the people that during COVID was just gargling, you know, some mouthwash, like really gargle every time I feel oh. any scratchiness. And Let me offer another it, thing. Okay. When, when I'm saying nebulized peroxide, I, 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 by implication, but not necessarily if you don't know the protocol I'm recommending, is with a, a hyperosmotic saline solution. And the saline solution, like typically, not normal saline is 0.9%. I'm talking about 1.5% saline, which is about a tablespoon and a half of salt and a pint of water. Okay. Not very much, but that by itself will kill the virus independently mm. of the peroxide. So if you're mm. nervous about peroxide, which you shouldn't be at that concentration, because it's one thirtieth that the one that, that you buy in the store, yeah. it's a zero one percent. But just the saline by itself, and the combo is like killer. So, so a, a one point five percent saline solution and the uh, hydrogen peroxide at about zero point one percent, not three percent that's in the that is selling in the the pharmacies. So it's one thirtieth that concentration. It's really dilute. You don't need much. In fact, too much may be counterproductive all right it, yeah look i mean this, this is always a hard interview to do joe because i really just want to interview you every time i'm with you i mean i, I usually yeah. i feel like i'm <laughs> the smartest guy in the room on most interviews but uh you know you you really have been such a guiding well, light you know through, well thank you i, I just this. love it because you know that's my passion yeah. and i want to thank you too for another guiding light in the in the COVID area and you took the i i, I so admire and respect this you took time out of your schedule you took the the income it took to go out there. You flew out to Florida 
and interviewed Layla Sentner, who is a brave hero yeah. who made the courageous choice to fire teachers in her school because yeah. she she has a she is passionate about education. She's passionate about farming, and now she's passionate about health too because she developed a wellness center. Did you did you check out her wellness center when you were there? I no. did. I mean, it was. Uh, I think she was just getting it started. I think it's yeah. taken on. Um, you know, uh, she's got more and more things in there. I know people have gone and been healed. I really look forward to that future where what I'm reporting on are more solutions than just pointing yes. out the problems, yeah. you know, yeah. um, that would be really excellent. Some of the, yeah. that's sort of where we're focused on with the high wire and, you know, we're looking at doing more shows and getting more voices, but also having, you know, programs that can talk about solutions more than just pointing out the issues, you know, but as you know, that's difficult. It's, it's, it's just as hard as finding that doctor locally you know, how do you, as a journalist, find, you know, people that aren't full of it, right? That really are delivering, you know, I can't tell you how many people come up to me and say, you know, I've got this new spray that'll do whatever. I was like, well, I don't have a lab. I don't, I mean, I don't know how to, you know, do a, I don't have the ability to do some double blind study of my own. And so it's, it's Well, hit, most hit of the miss, time there isn't so. a magic bullet. That's the thing. Right. There's the foundational basics that once you give it to your body or take away the poisons and toxins like linoleic acid, make sure you get sun exposure, make sure you're moving every day, make sure you're sleeping. These mm -hmm. are basic things. And, and the other thing is light. I mean, sunlight, sunlight is so yeah. amazing and very, it's way less than 1% of the people understand that. If they did, they wouldn't be living for so far north uh, and they would be moving south so they can be have the opportunity to go outside because most people even live in the South don't implement it. They're, they're working all day long. They're inside and they're not getting sun on their skin. And, and yeah. the failure to do that causes serious biological damage. It really does. It doesn't cause skin cancer. Do you know what's causing skin cancer? You probably don't. Uh, well, I don't you. The, the foundation, yeah. and I, I don't go have ahead. a study to prove this, but it's really obvious. It's the seed oils, the mm. mega sticks. That yeah. cause that put these highly perishable fatty acids embedded in your cell membranes and your skin, and wow. then when the UV hits it, it causes this cascade of oxidative damage. It just causes local cancers. Now, most of them are not melanoma. Melanoma typically isn't caused by the sun. It's typically basal cell, so squamous cell. Mm -hmm. But once you reduce the linoleic acid, you don't get skin cancers and you don't get sunburned because that's mm. what causes the sunburn is linoleic acid. Wow, so you see, it's just just exact simple, basic things. It's not the magic gadgets that people are approaching you with. It's not the bells and whistles, $300,000 devices that's going to cure you. You know, it's the basics. It's the fundamental basics. Great information, Joe. I mean, those are, yeah. you know, those are the things and it does. I, you know, that's always very early on. I just thought, you know, the, the attack on people out in the sun, you know, the slathering ourselves in suntan <laughs> lotion, and I just thought, you know, I feel Which like it's not cancer. Most of them did. Right, totally. Well, and they're seed oil. Like, what are they made out of, right? Like, most of these well, like, you know. They've got pretty sophisticated chemicals. They're, they're full on chemicals. Now, they're not, they may be seed oils in some of them, but I don't think that's the case. Usually, but they're it, great smart. I, I, I remember thinking, like, are we being taken over by vampires? Like, be afraid of the sun, you know? And in some ways, I think, you know. Uh, metaphorically, we are right. It's like you know, it's it's invasion of the body snatchers or the vampires, and you know, I you know, I know we probably got to get this wrapped up, but it's actually the you know where you really the show that I did that would would I would say 
set me on course for all the work that I do now was a story I found on your website uh, with Dr. David Ayub, uh, who was oh, a radiologist. Yeah, yeah. yeah the radiologist. Yeah. I remember something Good like your headline was like, Ricketts is, oh no, uh, child abuse is really Ricketts or something like that. I was like, what? Yeah. And I did a show on that on the doctors that was one of the most mind blowing, you know, things I've ever investigated. I spent months putting it together, took a lot of work to convince the team at the doctors to let me do that show. But it was really shocking, right? It was exactly what you're saying. Really, it was this story of thousands of people having their kids taken away from them, their babies for infantile abuse. They tend to be African-Americans. They tend to be up north. And what David discovered was this wasn't child abuse. These fractures that doctors were seeing in the bones was vitamin D deficiency or rickets. Rickets. They were being born uh, with rickets. a fascinating story. And um I think that Probably story, the, that, I yeah. think I published that like at least 15 years ago, maybe yeah. 18. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was uh, really, really powerful and, and definitely yeah. um, set me on course. That was, you know. Um, yeah, it's just tragic. You know, when you, when you fail to acknowledge physical realities, basic physics and science, you know, yeah. it, it, your body doesn't, it doesn't care. I mean, you, it, it, it has to honor, these are rules of life, rules yeah. of biology. And if you fail to follow them, there's consequences. Yeah. Just like walking off a roof, a 10 story roof, it's going to have a consequence. If <laughs> right. you, fall, you know, it's just inevitable. Yeah. It, it, and, and, it's, and it's predictable. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's crazy not to do that. But the problem is, is there's so much confusion and misdirection and, and ulterior motivations and greed involved that it just becomes enormously challenging to do that. So that's why it takes people like us yeah. to help pull back the veil and expose the truth. And I, I really, respect and honor your work. You've done a magnificent job, commitment and dedication. And, and I want to acknowledge that you are doing it. You are trusting yourself. You are taking that. And you, you, you have an internal joy meter. You said it when yeah. you get up in the morning, you you are joyful or happy. You are joyful. Yeah. And that's because you're doing what you, you trust your body to do. If everyone did that, the world would change in a heartbeat. It's, it's, it's one of the things I've really been sort of, I do a lot of public speaking, you know, and you and I have been on stages together, but lately I, I'm telling audiences, stop walking up to me and saying, thank you for your sacrifice. Oh. That, you know, I have a really blessed life. I live with joy. I express myself, as I've said, I think that's part of the problem is people have been convinced that somehow if you're a person that speaks your truth and stand in your integrity and, you know, don't get pushed around that somehow life is harder on you or there's a, there's a sacrifice mm-hmm. of some kind. Nothing could really be further from the truth. I really want to see people, you know, saying that well, less. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a mindset that I think is, is this part of the brainwashing? Well, well, it's really difficult. No, it's, Cause I have the same experience every time I go out that, that, that happens. I mean, it's a lot of, a lot of crying when I'm out going to public speaking. Yeah. And, um, it's a result of their inability to do it themselves mm. because they've been damaged and it, it, it boils down. I've studied this very deeply. It's a, it's the core of my new book. I'm actually writing 10 books at the same time. Wow. That will have probably six or seven books out this year, a whole new direction I'm taking and it's integrating consciousness in biology. Mm. And they're, they're intimately connected. Uh, yeah. But the problem is, and why so many people do that to you and me, is the tragic commentary on our existence is that 
only 2% of the people had parents that loved them. 2%. Mm. And when they love you, it gives you this inner confidence, this ability to retain your connection to your truth. Mm. And they lost it. They're part of the 98% that lost it. They can get it back, but it's hard. And that's really the purpose of the book I'm writing is to help them get it back. Wow. But they're, they're looking at you as an example and they know they can't do it themselves. So they're, it, the, the intention is to help get a bridge so they can make that choice. The same choice you made, the difficult choices you and I both made that, that look difficult to others, but it's, it's, it's just like falling out of bed. It's so easy, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I had my trials yeah, and errors but, in finding it, but yeah, I mean, and it's interesting no, but, to say that. I mean, wasn't, I, you know, wasn't yeah. hard to do. It was not hard to do. No. No, no second thoughts, no regrets, nothing. No, I would never change it in a heartbeat in, in no. the, the, my whole life. Right. Yeah. They can't do that Yeah, because they don't have the experience that you and I have. Well, I mean, it's interesting it, you, you, you said love. Like that's one of the things, cause I didn't know that. I mean, I didn't really think to that, 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 that the love from your parents or love and that experience is that big a deal, but we didn't talk about this, but I do say all the time that, I don't win any pity parties when people start talking about their parents. I had extremely conscious parents yeah. that really did love me and instilled me with an, Del, uh, a, a belief a, in myself. You are a screaming lighthouse to that fact. Yeah. You are. You would never, and I would never have been able to do what I'm doing that's if my parents didn't love me. 98% hmm. of people, that's not the case. Nine, one out of 50, 49 out of 50 don't have that. That's the problem. That hmm. is the problem. Very interesting. They are physically unable to make that connection. Yeah. Well, then I guess parenting is where we have to like really uh, focus. You don't right? know what my next book is on? <laughs> I'm going to guess. Parenting. Yeah. That's why I'm, that's why I'm yeah. aligned with Layla because or Layla, because her, that's a passion of hers too. Yeah. Great. She, she has a school, as you know, you visited yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Really excellent. It and is. I can assure you with the highest degree of confidence, with on absolute certainty, it will be the best school system in this country. And it will be similar to Waldorf, except better. And I, I, I can tell you privately what would be the case. And it will be spread out just like these clinics will be. It's going to change the country. Fantastic. I love yeah. that. Isn't, yeah. this, isn't this an inspiring and hopeful? It is. It's better you know, than you thought it was going to ever be, didn't you? Oh, you know, I, I, I was, I was expecting good things. I mean, I, you know, I know, I know when I'm going to have to spend a little time with a master, Joe, and uh, it's truly great. And I, I'm, what I love is that people really, we really, this, I am inspired that with all that, you know, we can look at a lot of the negativity going on, but there's so many great things that are happening. There's so oh, much, yeah. so many people waking up. There's so much opportunity right now. Do you, do you uh, want me yeah. to tell you a secret? Sure. It's made a secret, but a heads up. I know this with confidence. We win. Yeah. We win. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's not delusional fantasy. That's truth. Yeah. I, I look, I, I totally agree with that. I feel that I, I, you know, we have, I have as the litmus test, my own life and the experiences that have guided me to this moment. And more and more of us are realizing we're yeah. part of something much bigger than ourselves. And it's you, truly you magnificent. Know, you don't know how true that statement was. You just made, you were guided. Yeah. You were. Yeah.
Thanks for listening. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for all the work that you've done. And, and again, thank you for your mentorship and your guidance in, in being a part of my journey. It's really been spectacular. Well, Dell, we couldn't do with us guys like you. There's no question. You're a big part of the picture. And, and thank you for, you know, it, it, you don't discount. You did make brave and courageous choices. No question about it. It just didn't seem like it because yeah. you have your parents. Yeah. <laughs> you would never have done it. I can assure you with the I think you're people, right. You would never have done it in a right. million years. A billion years, a trillion years, it wouldn't yeah. happen. It's just, it's, a, it's get physics. It's just simple reality that we can't see and understand because it's at a different level. It's not in biology. It's at a different level. Yeah. But it's true. It doesn't mean it's not true. It's still true. All right. Indeed. So we're obviously like-minded spirits here. Uh, Indeed. With this on the same path to help rescue the world because it needs rescuing. Deeply because of <sighs> lots of things that have gone on and we're, we're addressing the core. Uh, you know, I'm hoping with the work I'm doing is addressing it at a more foundational level so that the information that we're, we previously, that I previously shared and you share is able to be accepted. Because I'm sure you know so many people, you can give them all the truth, you give it to them on a silver platter mm. and they don't do anything with it. They yeah. just, I mean, you can live with them. You can every day, every minute you're telling them and they are, can't, simply are unable to make the choices they need to make. Can't do it. Well, I mean, and that's one of the you, things. That I know that, you've yeah. seen it your whole, your whole career. Look, yeah. I think you have to make hard choices at these times. I sort of liken it to getting on the arc, right? They I'm can't. Set, that's the problem. Know, they but, can't. But that's why I say to people, though, you can't waste your energy. If you're in this space, you can't waste your energy on the people that aren't going to move. Right. There's so many people no. that are moving right now. They're waking 100%. up. Go to them. Go to them. Get them onto the arc. Get them into this new space. We need them now. Even just right. because you're, you know, you're related to somebody doesn't mean that it's worth all of that life energy when you just know deep down that they can't hear it, they can't feel it, they can't move with it. Somebody else that is really your brother and your, you know, your sister in spirit needs you right now. You know, conserve yeah, your energy you are, you deal with those thinking, people that are, you know, you are open. so. I didn't. Re- you are so spot on, man. You, yeah. you, everything you're saying is accurate, a hundred percent. Yeah, I don't say that very frequently, but man, yeah. you just you are dialed in. This is great. You got it. Yeah, you're a warrior. Yeah. Well, we we've got to win, right? We're going to win this. Well, but we're going to win. Yeah, yeah, but it takes some strategy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It takes efficiency. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. We're, we're definitely highly, highly aligned. I love so that. We'll probably have to talk for to expand this strategy. <laughs> I look forward to that. Great. Okay. Well, it's been awful, awesome. I was going to say off. No, awful. It's been awesome. <laughs> it has. So, been. and thank you for everything you've done. And uh, thank you. Are your parents still alive? They are. They are. Oh, I still let, check yeah, in with let, them. I'm very blessed. I'm going to call them right now. I'm very yeah, blessed. Tell the, yeah. The, the, you have got to honor and acknowledge that love. You got to share because they're going to be gone. They'll probably be gone soon. Yeah. You never. You. You know, I didn't have the opportunity to do that with my parents, but man, I just encourage everyone to do that because especially if they loved you, I don't think it's an issue for you. I didn't yeah. understand it when I, when my parents were around, but yeah, just, just acknowledge them and love them to death because they deserve it. <laughs> everyone deserves it, but their parents did such a magnificent job with you. Oh my I gosh. Agree. You're I just agree. screaming, screaming. <laughs> okay. All right. I love you, Joe. Take care. All right. You too. Bye. Now. All right.